0: Well, good morning, Connection Point family, how we doing? Everybody good? Man, had you ever heard that song they just sang before? Man, I had not heard that, I think I got a new favorite song. Man, that was amazing, amazing, a great way to worship the Lord this morning, amen? So good. Man, I'm so glad that you're here. Man, I got my basket because it's the most wonderful time of the year, right? Now I don't personally listen to Christmas music yet. That's why I don't go to Clay Withers office these days. That guy started listening to Christmas music before the Halloween stuff was done, man. That guy's messed up in a good way. Now this morning, uh, I just want to remind you of some things that that uh, kind of go along with what we've been encouraged to do this holiday season and for the rest of the year. Um, you know, we have been challenged as a church family to give Jesus away this Christmas, all right? And these holiday season, how can we give Jesus away? Last week, John Mark Yates was here, and he reminded us that every possible blessing that we could ever want or need is found in Jesus Christ. Do you remember when he said that? We have been given the gift of Jesus Christ. I was singing about that this week, and I went through and and, and it's been said that there are over 5,000 promises, over 5,000 promises in the Bible for us who are in Christ Jesus. Things that God has said, hey, this is who I am to you, this is who I want to be to you. Over 5,000 of those, and here's the cool part. Second Corinthians 1.20 says these words, for all the promises of Him, of God in Him, which is Jesus, all the promises of God in Jesus are yes, and they are a- are y'all here today? They're yes. All the promises of God are yes in Christ Jesus. Does that help you a little bit, all right? Does that help you this morning? All the promises of God, all 5,000 for you and for me are yes, because we're in Christ Jesus, right? That's what the Bible says. That's what God says to us. But here's the thing that we got to remember, and that is this. We need to not seek the blessings, but we need to seek the presence of Christ, right? The presence of that gift in us. You see, because if I had to have my book of 5,000 things that God said, and it was dependent on me to know which one to ask for at just the right time or whatever else, that would be a bad thing. But the beautiful part of being in Christ is that we don't have to know all 5,000. We just have to know the gift. Because when we are in His presence, everything He's got comes with us, Amen? amen? Everything He's got comes with Him when we are in His presence, right? So what we need to remember at all times is the gift is not in all those blessings. The gift is in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the gift, amen? That's what John Mark was trying to help us to begin to think about last week, about the gift. And so the holidays coming up, I mean it's, it's coming up quickly. Right? Um, I was looking on the calendar, I think we got 11 days until Thanksgiving Day. I think we got 38 until Christmas Day. Okay? Does that give you a little, right? For me it says, man, we got some preparing to do, right? Man, we've got some, if if you're going to cook for everybody or you're going to go to somewhere where they said bring some food, then that means we got some food preparation we got to do, right? We got to get the ingredients for that pumpkin pie, and that turkey, right? And that chocolate meringue pie, right? Thank you, Jesus, sorry. We got to get those gifts ready for those special people in our life, like our kids, and our wife, our husband, and then we got to have that gift tucked away in case Uncle Eddie rolls up in his RV, you know, and we got to have some for him too, right? I mean, we've we got some preparation that we got to do if we're going to make the most of the holiday season that's coming up. Well, this morning I don't want to talk to you so much about that, but I do want to use that kind of thinking to help us understand that if we as a church are truly going to be people that are going to give the gift of Jesus for the rest of this year, for 2019. If we're truly going to be believers who give the gift and don't just hold the gift and go, oh, I got all these blessings or whatever, but people that are going to go, hey, you could have all these blessings too. If we're going to be people who are willing to be givers of the gift and not just partakers of the gift then we've got some preparation to do as well. Now before we get into all that, there is something about the holidays that I really need to warn you about. This is a holiday warning, okay? Because I don't want you- when when I was a kid, you didn't want to get snookered. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to get snookered, right? I think today they say you don't want to get punked, right? Okay. I want to encourage you in something that might get you punked this Christmas, because it's gotten me punked a lot of times, right? And, and it's about these things called gift bags, okay? You see, because my wife is somebody that she's always thinking about, she's always thinking about gifts that we need coming up at different times. And so she'll be thinking about like my daughter's birthday is coming up, right? And I'm pretty sure that my wife has already been thinking, ooh, Abby said she wanted this. And for months she's been looking, and she's seen that $40 thing that my daughter might want, but she searched, she looks, she's thinking all of a sudden she finds that $40 thing on sale for $19.99. That's why I love her so much. And so she'll get that thing early and we will stick it in the closet. And then all of a sudden, it gets time. It's almost birthday time. Jeff, go get a a gift bag so we can put it in there and get the gift and give it to Abby. Okay, yeah, okay, sure, yeah. So I go down there. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm looking around, and somebody goes, oh, can I help you? Yeah, you can help me. I got to get a gift bag for my daughter's gift. Your daughter, I bet she's special to you. Oh, yeah, yeah, she's real special. Oh, well, you, you don't want to get her just any kind of gift bag. I mean, you got to get her one of these big, awesome, beautiful gift bags. Oh, man. Okay, that's a little bigger than what I need, but I, I get it. I, I get it. That's cool. Thank you very much. Oh, we're not done yet. Because you can't just put a gift in the gift bag, right? you you got to have what they call gift tissue cuz like you got to have it, it got covered up right so so you got to take some of that gift tissue and you don't just want any gift tissue cuz you got to find the right kind that kind of complements kind of gives a little pop right and so oh man got to do that and then and then you don't want it all the same you need, you need some that kind of complements it so the golden dotted can go with the beautiful pink stripes and that's just a little bit too pink so let, let's get a little pastel blue that would go with it so good you need a package of that too right and then of course white kind of complements everything so let oh no that's an idea oh there's the one okay there we go so we're going to get the white one too let's get all that in there oh you got four packages of four. oh that that looks so much better okay well thank you very much oh you're not done yet Whoa, 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 what's next? Well, like, what's going to happen when she pulls that out? You don't want her to just pull out paper, do you? Don't you want it to be an explosive moment of love? You sure? Well, you got to have some festival connect, con, connect, what is this called? White crinkle paper shreds. See, because if you'll put this on kind of like this, then when she pulls it out, <gasps> Okay, I'll take a bag of that. That's great. Okay. And don't forget the card. Oh, it's got to be a beautiful card. To my daughter. She's got to know who it's from, right? I mean, it's not enough that you handed it to her for her you to know it. I mean, she's got to have a card in there to know who it is or whatever. And here's where I get punked. Because it cost me $40 for all of this. <laughs> I spent twice as much on the gift that was on sale. You got punked, dude! Punk this Christmas with a gift bag, all right? But you know, here's the part that I started thinking about: is that um, sometimes that's what we do as believers with the gift that we've been given. Can I tell the truth this morning? You want me to tell you what you want to hear or what God wants us to hear? That's what I need. And here's the thing about preaching, is like when you preach, you have to go over this sermon like 47 times. So God, I think some guy in God makes me preach certain things because I need it 47 times more than you do, right? But what God has been saying to me in all this is, is that, hey Jeff, you know a lot of times you make it all about the gift bag. And you got it going so much that people can hardly even see the gift itself. You want people to notice the bag more than you want people to notice the gift, right? And so in light of that, I kind of dug into the Word and the Lord led me to a passage of Scripture over in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Do Do you mind getting your Bible out? 2 Corinthians chapter 4, oh there's my Bible, sorry I already took it out of the bag, how about that? See in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 we come to a passage where God talked to Paul about something. He talked to Paul. Paul didn't know nothing about gift bags, but he knew a lot about clay pots. These things that were everybody used to fill up with whatever they needed to fill up. And then to do with whatever the inside wanted, need to be done with it, right? Clay pots were used for a lot of things. Grain, drink, all kinds of things. They, you know, Paul knew about clay pots. He didn't know about gift bags. But again, the same principle that's true about clay pots is true about gift bags. Here's what Paul said in 2 Corinthians Chapter 4, starting with verse 7, but we have this treasure, this gift, in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. See we're hard pressed on every side, but we're not crushed. We, we are perplexed, but we're not in despair. We are persecuted, but we are not cast down or abandoned. We are struck down, but we're not destroyed. We always, always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our bodies, in these pots. And then he goes on down to verse 16 and says, therefore, we don't lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For these light and these momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Let's dig into that passage a little bit. See if you can make the same correlations that I was feeling as I thought about clay pots and gift bags, all right? Look at verse 7. Verse 7 says this, for we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us, all right? What Paul was saying was is that how you view yourself is important. For Paul, when he looked at all that was going on around, he realized he was just an old clay pot, an an ordinary clay pot, a clay pot that looked like a whole lot of other kind of clay pots. It was breakable. It was expendable. But what he realized was that second thing there. He knew that it was what was in the jar that made it valuable. Are you hearing me? It wasn't the jar that was all that, it was the gift inside of him that was all all that. I brought me a little clay pot, it's pretty ordinary, right? Not a whole lot to it. Paul was saying, I'm a lot like this clay jar, I'm just pretty ordinary, right? But he said, what makes my life special, valuable? What well, makes a difference? That Jesus Christ, who died for my sins, who didn't stay dead but was risen and is our living hope, lives in me. Right? And what he was saying was, I may not be much, but the one that's in me is much. Right? Right? What another, an, another thing, what did he say about the Lord? What did he say about the Lord? He said that gift was all-surpassing. Did you catch that, all-surpassing? All-surpassing means it's greater. If you've surpassed everything there is, you're greater, right? You're greater. There's a Bible verse that says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world, right? I think I understood God's greaterness because as a kid I grew up and my mom was the director of our women's chorus. We had about 25 ladies that would get together every week and learn songs to glorify the Lord and lead our church and worship occasionally. And every time they would sing, there was one song that they sang that like, I, I, like we all wanted to hear because it was peppy. And it was awesome, but it was also a great reminder of the all-surpassing gift that is inside of us. It was a song that sang, greater is he that is in me, greater is he that is in me, greater is he that is in me, than he that is in the world. And man, they'd get to going, and they'd start soft, and then they'd build. And they build, and all these ladies singing it, and man, they're going. And then the chorus went something like this, it said, Great, greater than the wisest man, greater than the power of sin, greater than any- uh, than, I'm lost my place- the gates of hell, greater than any tongue could tell, greater. Than the richest king, greater than anything. He's greater, greater, greater. Everybody stand. It was a great reminder that greater, all surpassing, is he who is in me than he that's in this world, right? Paul said, man, if it's just up to the clay pot, that ain't nothing. But the one in me is greater. Greater than anything. All surpassing. No rival. Right? Look at verse 8. What does verse 8 say? Verse 8 says, we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Right? He knew he was fragile but he knew that even though there were times in his life where he was going to be persecuted, he knew the gift would never leave him or forsake him, right? When he was perplexed, Lord, I just don't get it. I don't know what to do. He said, but I know you do. And the gift kept him going, right? When he would get knocked down, it was the gift inside of him that would get him back up. Right? It wasn't about the pot. It was about the gift in that pot. Right? Look at verse 10. Verse 10 says this. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus might also be revealed in our body. This is an important thing to understand when your pot gets pressed, when your pot gets kicked on, when your pot gets messed with, right? And the gift is in you. Look at these notes up here, Paul knew it was his willingness to die to his agendas, That would allow the agendas of the gift to be fully realized, right? I believe Paul's prayer life might have gone something like this: Lord, I'm I'm really perplexed, and I've got some ideas, but not my will, but Thy will be done. Lord, I'm being banged on pretty hard here, but and Lord, I got some ideas. I got some real good ideas. But nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Paul, Paul had to die to what he thought, what he wanted, so that the full glorious awesomeness of the gift could shine through his nasty little clay pot. Amen? Amen. Right? And then look on down here to uh, verse 16. It says, therefore, we don't lose heart. Okay, though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. Paul knew that living life for a long time and continuing to walk this earth with the Lord Jesus in him was, not, was going to wear him down. He saw the ways it was wearing him down, right? But what he said was that he knew even though he knew the years were taking a toll on his little clay jar, things might be decreasing. Maybe he had a little less hair. Maybe he had a different color hair. Maybe he had a little less stamina. Maybe he had a little less prestige. There was a lot of things that were decreasing, but what Paul reminds us is, is that he knew and wanted us to know it is the gift that is inside of us that though we might be decreasing on the outside, he is increasing in us on the inside. Amen. Our faith increases. Our trust increases. Our perspective of who He is and who He wants to be in our life increases, right? And more than anything, the opportunity for the gift that is in us to shine out to a world that needs Him so desperately, that also increases. Because they ain't looking at this, they're looking at this right and down in verse 17 this is one of my favorite verses of all that here's what it says for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all this is actually a little word play that Paul is playing for people that know what's going on with it all right because what was Paul was saying was this that word glory in the Hebrew, that comes from a word that is kabod, all right? Can you say kabod? Kabod. Kabod, right? That, that's the word that is used for the glory of God, right? It, it, it means weighty. Here's a beautiful definition of what, of, of what uh, kabod, what glory, the glory of God is. Glory is the weighty importance and shining majesty that accompany God's presence. I think back to my Bible about when they dedicated the temple. And the Bible says that the glory, the thick, heavy, all just glory of God filled up the place so much that the priests couldn't even do their stuff. Everything just had to get out of the way because it's just too heavy right now. God's glory is here. I think about Isaiah in Isaiah 6 who had a moment where he experienced the glory of God, and the Bible says he just fell on his knees and said, man, I am nothing, God. This is too heavy for me. I think about Jesus when those soldiers came to get him. And they said, are you Jesus? He said, I am. That was a glorious statement. And the heaviness of that glorious statement fell on those guys so much, they, they fell back. Right? The glory of God, right? And here's what, here's what we're saying about that right here, is that Paul reminds us that the heaviness That we feel like these earthly troubles that we're going through, and I know they are heavy. I know they feel heavy. I know you feel perplexed and it's heavy. I know you feel cast down and it's heavy. But Paul says, hey, gang, when you get to the real heavy, When you get to what's really heavy, the glory of God, when this life is over, when this clay pot is done with, and you are face to face with Christ our Savior in the presence of the holy, most perfect glory of God at the throne. Man, you ain't going to be thinking about You're going to think, that was light in as a feather compared to this awesome, heavy, full, glorious thing that I'm experiencing now, and it was worth it so that I could experience that. That's what Paul was saying right there, right? And so we end it with verse 18 that says these words. So we fix our eyes not as what on what is seen, but what is unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Basically what Paul was saying, hey listen, if you're going to live your life and make it about the pot, make it about the bag, instead of about the gift, that's nearsighted. That's short sighted. That's temporary sighted. He said, let's get far-sighted. Let's realize that the gift in us is always going to be leading us to things that are going to have eternal significance, that are going to make a difference eternally. When they're on this, it's all about how do we, how do we make the temporary last as long as we can. When he gets focused on this, it's about how can we participate in the eternal things of God. And from that pot. The Lord Jesus, the gift, speaks and says, join me in eternal things, Jeff. Why don't you get off of the temporary and let's get to the eternal. So like I said, Paul didn't know much about pots, but he sure knew enough about gift bags. So. Everybody in here's got a story. Here's my story. I was super blessed to have a mom and dad that loved Jesus. Took me to a church that were full of people that loved Jesus just like this one. And it wasn't hard for me as a young child to realize, hey, I had a sin problem. I was separated from God. I didn't want that. And so as a young grade schooler, I said, Jesus. Would you come into my life, forgive me of my sins, be my Lord and Savior forever, just like the testimony we heard this morning, and the transaction took place. I walked through my life a lot of years, got to high school, and all of a sudden high school was much more about, man, I want to be noticed. I want to be, I want people to notice me, man. I'm I'm a pretty good musician, so I'm gonna put myself out there and make sure people know. I, 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 I want a girlfriend. I want people to notice me because I got a girlfriend. You know, I I ooh, it's time to drive, man. I I I need a car. Oh, I want people to recognize me because of that car. Man. And my life was so jacked up with all the stuff that was, I was trying to make it about me and the bag that I was, that man, the gift wasn't even visible anymore until from deep down inside that bag, the gift began to call out, Jeff, life doesn't have to be about you, man." You're trying to make it about you, it was never designed to be about you, and if you make it about you, you're never going to become all that I created you to be. And I can, I can tell you, I can take you back to Highland Lakes, Baptist, Camp, and I can take you back to exactly to the place on that, uh, on that volleyball court outside. Because I didn't go down the aisle, I ran outside. I didn't want to be with people, I wanted to be with the Lord. I've been way too much with people, and I fell on my knees and said, Lord, I'm so sorry. Tell me what to do. And He told me, well, you got some apologizing to do. You got it right with me, now it's time to get it right with others. So you need to go talk to your girlfriend. You need to go talk to your mom and dad about the disrespectful ways that you had treating them these last few years. You know what Jeff, this coming Sunday you need to ask your youth leader if you can stand up in front of your whole youth group and, and confess to them, who already know it anyway, that this ain't you anymore. And that your life from this point forward is going to be about the gift. That was, a, that was a hard- Look, I ain't going to play with you. I ain't telling you that there ain't nothing like that that's ever come back in. I ain't going to tell you that, that, that life has not been hard or that I have not done stupid things that, that were not about the gift. I know as an adult, as me and Lisa went through, got pressed down with things like uh, our, our, our um, infertility we got pressed down with things she was going through, with, when we got pressed down with my diabetes, when then when we could have kids, man parenting is being pressed on, right? Right. And then you love them and all of a sudden they're out the door, that presses on you. I know some of you don't think ministry presses on you, but it presses on you, right? But you know what I've learned? There's a lot of things that press on you, but guess what's still in the bag? What's still in the bag? It's the gift. What's his name? It's Jesus. Here's the other part that I ain't so proud of. My bag kind of got jacked because of the pressing that happened to it, but it also got pressed because of the ways that I was operating in it. Did I ever offend somebody and get upset? Yeah, I did. I poked some holes in my own bag. Did I ever spend way too much money on my credit cards for my glory? Yeah, I did, and I, I poked some holes in my own bag. But each and every time, it was the gift inside of me saying, hey, hey, Jeff, we, we're better than that. Yeah. <sighs> okay. And the beautiful thing about having the gift in you is this, is that not only does He forgive you of all the wrinkles and the holes and the pokes, but He starts to remake you. He will restore the years that the locusts have eaten if you'll let Him, right? And he's looking at this bag more about what he knows I can be than what I have tried to make it. And he's never left me, and he's never forsaken me, and he ain't gonna. And there are people in this room that would tell you that exact same story. And if you're here today, I'm asking you two questions. Is the gift in your bag? Because you can't give something away that you ain't got. And the second thing is, what's your story? What's your story? If you don't embrace the gift and your story, you are not going to be there for the people that need you this holiday season. They ain't interested in you projecting yourself to the world like this, but they can understand this. Right? So I think this is what the Lord's saying to us this holiday season. If you're really serious about, Lord, use me to be somebody who gives the gift of Jesus away this Christmas. There's two things you got to do. First of all, up on that screen, you better make sure the gift is in your bag, right? And I'm telling you what, just like that young lady who last week realized the gift wasn't in her bag, but she's heard about the gift, she came down here with her friend, and now today she came through the waters of baptism, right? That that young lady is not the same person that she was three weeks ago. Why? Because the gift is in her, is the gift in you. And then second, embrace the bag that you are and use it to deliver the life-changing message of the gift of Jesus Christ. Here's what I mean by that. Some people don't embrace their pain, but I'm glad that Lisa and I went through infertility because the other night when we got to sit in the hospital room with somebody who had lost a baby, I could remember the words of Second, uh, Second 2 Corinthians, uh, Corinthians 1 verse 3 and 4 that says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our time of need so that we can comfort others with the same comfort that we've received from Him. The gift showed up because we embraced some of the wrinkles. Hey, that's the easy one. How about when I'm talking to somebody who's saying, hey Jeff, sometimes I look at things that I shouldn't look at. Sometimes I'm sexually tempted by things that I know I shouldn't. You know what I could say? Been there. Forgiven of it. Done with it. You could be too. We try to make who we are and what we are about everything that we wish that we were, but we will win the world for Christ when we start letting the world see that it is the gift in us that has forgiven us, that has restored the years the locusts have eaten, and can do the same for you. Let's pray together right now. So Lord, there's a lot of folks in this room that have been praying, Lord, use me. Lord, help me. Lord, use me to tell somebody about you. Lord, you made some things clear to us today. It ain't about us. It's about the gift that's in us. And so, Lord, as we get to this invitation time, I'm I'm praying for two things. One, for those who don't have the gift in them to quit living life or pretending that they do and give their life to Jesus today so that the gift can move in and start restoring the years that the locusts have eaten. Lord, I'm also praying for a lot of Christians in this room who have made it about the minister, the ministry, the book, the place, the thing that's holding the gift. And a lot of us need to just repent and say, hey, no more God. From this point forward, it ain't about the bag, it's about the gift. So Lord, as the worship team begins to sing, I pray that this altar will get filled up with people who say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. And and counselors, I'm asking you to start coming forward now, pastoral assistance team come forward now, life group leaders come forward now. But I'm going to tell you all this too, is that if you need to be kneeling and not helping somebody else, pick kneeling. But if you need Jesus today, come and find him. One of these people that are standing here will help you. But maybe you just need to say, Lord, I get it now. The reason why ain't nobody responded to the Jesus in me is because they're too enamored by all of the me that they see. Teach us to die so that you might live. Snuff out the light of us so that the brightness of Christ might be glorious. Do what you want to do in us and through us right now. We pray this in Jesus' name.